With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The turkey's <laughs> finally finished and the Christmas tree is down. So what do we do next, you ask? Well, it's time to listen to the Manchester United Redcast. Good evening, good day, wherever you are, and Happy New Year to you. This is the Manchester United Redcast, and my name is David Collins. It's good to be back after an extended festive break. But I'm not alone, well I am, but joining me by the medium of telephone. It will never catch on. From Manchester, it's our friend of the show, co-host and journalist, Robert Meakin. Happy New Year, Robert. Happy New Year to you, Dave. It's good to be back. We've been, we haven't had a podcast for a while. We've had lots of games, lots of news. But what I'm going to start with, because normally I'm a bit OCD about the way I do these podcasts. I have them set out. But I'm not going to talk about what games we played. I'm going to talk about our first signing. Victor Valdez, 32-year-old goalkeeper from Barcelona. 18-month contract. It's not, obviously, out of the blue. He has been training with us for a while. Um, Victor Valdez, he's in a conference today. They've uh, um, Louis van Gaal has said he is going to be the number two. Uh, what do you think of this signing, Rob? I think it's excellent. I mean, I think we historically we've been very careless with our goalkeepers at times, particularly our, you know, our reserve goalkeepers, I think, over the years. And I think we're now in an unenviable position, in a great position, rather, of, of having two two top goalkeepers as one and two. Fantastic news. Yeah, well, uh, Victor Valdez, I'm sure people know this, but, you know, obviously he's played at Barcelona for a long time, so he's won a lot of medals, but let's go through them. Six La Liga championships, two Copa del Reyes, six Spanish Super Cups, three Champions Leagues, UEFA Super Cup, two of those, and FIFA World Club Championship twice as well. So, I mean, you're 32 years of age, but what a wealth of, you know, just experience yeah, and winning mentality. Of course, really. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much just right in the middle of his career you know, for a goalkeeper. Mm. You would hope now he's got over this terrible injury. And it's nice, a nice thought to think that we won't have that mild sense of dread if anything, to think, you know, heaven forbid happens to De Gea. You know, we've, we've got a magnificent uh, deputy. Yeah, so let's, let me play devil's advocate. Uh, there's mm-hmm. 18 months left on De Gea's contract. Yeah. I think everyone is aware that Real Madrid want to sign De Gea. It's very similar to what was the Ronaldo situation. Um, do you 
think maybe it was in the back of the club's mind that possibly we could possibly lose David at the end of the season and we wouldn't have a, a replacement in, in, in someone in place. Do you think that's the case I or do, can you see him staying? Because United are officially saying, well, unofficially, officially saying they're relaxed about the De Gea situation. I'm yeah. sure that comes into consideration because the worst, worst case scenario is if we lost De Gea and we didn't have someone like Valdez as backup, we would look very weak in that department indeed. Yeah. If the worst comes to the worst, obviously I hope it doesn't, and we did lose De Gea, at least we'd have some sort of foundation. We would have a, a strong, uh, experienced goalkeeper in place. We would no doubt need another top-draw goalkeeper to arrive, but it does put us in a slightly stronger position. But fingers crossed we don't have to have that conversation. I'm I'm hopeful that, that we'll keep De Gea for some time, obviously. Yeah, and Victor Valdez today in the press conference has said that he believes that David De Gea is the best goalkeeper in the world at this moment in time. Thanks, that, that makes it more difficult for hang on to him. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully that will be the case. Uh, and there's a talk that Anders Lim, Lindegaard is on his way out of the club. I don't think that... That makes sense Louis to him Van as well. Yeah, really... wants, uh, I mean, he's been hanging around, never really made an impact. You know, De Gea was had quite... When he had that famously uncertain start, yeah. I mean, there was talk of Lindegaard you know, usurping him at one point. Right. And, uh, he never was able, He never really took his chance and seems a very nice, you know, diligent bloke, but uh, didn't didn't get the breaks. And I think you, know, you we wish him well, but it's... For his sake, he, he want to find another club and start playing regularly. Yeah, I think with goalkeepers, I think Anders Lindegaard is looking at moving back to Scandinavia. And also, there's a goalkeeper that we've had and played for the under-21s and been around for a while, Ben Amos. So I think yeah. it could be the end for him as well. We did hear a rumour today as well that if, it's all ifs and buts, because obviously we're in silly season of uh, transfer gossip, which we will get to because there's going to be lots of it. Um, Tim Krull could replace yeah. um, David De Gea if... Um, if he did go to Real Madrid, and I'm guessing that's just they're putting two and two together and coming up because he's done. That's exactly what I was going to um, say. I, I think that's probably the case just because he's worked. Yeah. And Harlow elsewhere. Good goalkeeper, mind you. So, yeah, you know, very good goalkeeper. The ruler. And we are talking about Newcastle United, aren't we, who are famously comic in their in their very, in their dealings. So, exactly. yeah, you never know. It's not something to rule out. But uh, if you say, hope, I think that's just the, the Dutch link people are making. Just about any Dutch player out there in either in the Premier or in Europe is half decent gets linked to us at the minute because exactly. of the because of our manager well all, all around uh, we're all happy with that with that signing and let's go on to some news let's talk about um, let's talk about our games over the festive period mm. um, I think a pretty uh, for me pretty average I mean it's good performance against Newcastle at home but we've we've drawn three games away um, pretty yeah. poor I think poor against Aston Villa uh, great first half against Tottenham, and but then dropped off. And I mean, the Stoke game was absolutely poor. I mean, the Manchester United are looking to extend an 11-match unbeaten run on Sunday when they play Southampton. But you wouldn't say it's been a great unbeaten run. There's an unbeaten run all the same, but too yeah. many draws, Robert. I, I say. I mean, I, I was disappointed. I really ever thought say with the Villa game. Traditionally, we do well at Villa Park. So I was certainly hoping we'd get three points there. I thought Tottenham was going to be... To be honest, I'd have taken the draw at Tottenham beforehand. Yeah, yeah. the away game. That's a tough place to go to. But again, I'd have liked to have thought we could have nicked wins either side of that against uh, Villa and Stoke. But the lovely irony is that our, our rivals... I say our rivals, City and Chelsea still come to be ahead of us. But they did slip up. 
And that means we, it didn't really affect our position in terms yeah. of our third place. In fact, we just edged slightly closer. Yeah, but slightly so cool in. With it yeah, so slightly cool in as well, though. That you know, we dropped six points. Oh, and yeah. We could have yeah, been, yeah. We could have been in touching distance. And you know, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. The Tottenham first half, we were great. Um, well, yeah. um, but the Stoke game was was absolutely diabolical, wasn't it? And uh, oh, it I, was, it was, and it's like that horrible. United is still that, at the moment that sort of team. It, look, it looks like the whole house could come tumbling down any minute, doesn't yeah. it? The way yeah. I just, you suddenly think, are we going to be still on the end of a horrible mauling, another sort of five nil or something? Just yeah. because, yeah, the way we look sometimes is so fragile. The foundations, yet we ride the storm. We haven't conceded that many goals no. recently, in fairness, but it just never looks convincing. We're just. We're just a disjointed outfit, so there's no getting away from it. I know we've talked to we're blue in the face about this, but we are. The, the, the foundation of the team, the structure of the team, simply isn't right. Van Hall acknowledges that. And there's a big job ahead still to get the balance right it's cause it, because it's so lopsided, it seems, presently. We're so desperately shaky and average in some positions and obviously threatened to be world-class in others. Yeah, I mean, Van Hall has actually said recently in a, an interview, he said, um, they were talking about his, uh, his his short time he's had at the club, and mm. he said it's not good enough. It's not been good enough. Mm. He said after three games, he felt that he could have been in trouble with the f- the fans, but the fans yes. have backed him all the way. And I think we all know if you've listened to this and you follow the news, United have been voted the best, having the best away support in the Premier yeah. League, which I think everyone can see that when the fans travel away, they're fantastically loud and very supportive, even when we're behind. But uh, for me, it's this. F- Three at the back, I, I, it doesn't work for me at all. And I know we're doing it because we, you know, we don't have, we've got so many injuries and we have more injuries like Raphael gets a broken cheekbone, Luke yeah, Shaw yeah. injured again. Is he going to be the new Phil Jones? Yeah, this is, this yeah. is a concern. So every time we kind of get close to having a settled uh, defensive lineup, something happens. You know, even Valencia and, and, uh, and Young, Asher Young, have been injured as well. So it's crazy. Uh, but I just don't see. It's very difficult, I think, playing with this three at the back because it, I think it just doesn't give us enough going no, forward. It I think, and it's like it's a system that was alien to the majority of the players in the first place. But even then, we've never had a settled three even to try and make it work because, as you say, because of the injuries, it's been ch- constant chop and change. So it's improvising every other game, yeah. isn't it, with different personnel there? So on top of having a new system, you've always got new players coming in to play a new system. And I think that's why we struggled. Uh, yeah, we looked so un- uncertain in that department. But you say at the same time, in terms of fullbacks, where are they? <laughs> yeah, crocked. I think also we've um, really suffered because uh, Angel Di Maria has been injured for a number of games now, yeah. and he's our he's our out ball, isn't he? He's our player with pace, mm. and we have we've really lacked that. When we play this three and we have these men in the midfield, there's no pace, there's no width even as well. So I think. Yeah. We've, really struggled on that part and let me talk let's talk about a few players and their performances over this period Wayne Rooney has gone back into midfield yeah. uh, after the Newcastle games people were comparing him to Paul Scholes um, yeah. I didn't see that performance that Paul Scholes-esque performance against Aston Villa or Stoke I mean no. where, where uh, is it conundrum where is Rooney's fav- uh, best position I've always thought, I mean, people call it different things. Some people call it playing in the hole, don't they? Or, or just like the advanced, if you're playing a midfield three, the, the advanced midfield in front of a more defensive two. And that's where I see him playing, to be honest. Yeah. I think, uh, I, 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 particularly with the other personnel we have in terms of Van Persie and Falcao as out-and-out strikers, I think Rudy's game, most natural game, I'm sure he might disagree himself, is playing just off that main striker. And I think that's always been his best position. I actually think he's 
capable of scoring more goals from there than often just being an out and out striker. So yeah, I do. But he's just he's just gone hot and cold. When he's been good, he's been very good to be fair. But he has had some average games as well. But how many times have we had this conversation? Yeah. Then we're next week. We're talking about a marvelous performance next yeah. week when he scored uh, yeah a, a couple of goals. Well, he's uh, he, he does. Um, I wish we could have that lovely run of sort of four or five games of Rooney being on fire again, but that hasn't been the case for some time. Well, let's talk about another player, a striker, Ramadan yeah. Falcao, yeah. who has had a run in the team, uh, scored a couple of goals. Um, and this is a player that's not only had to come through injury, but is having to find his feet in a in a league. that is not. There's no league like this in the world. You know, the pace, the the physicality, the power, and it's non-stop. And you, I thought on a couple of occasions he looked... Like he was in un, in trouble, um, but I think he's come through actually, and I think he was. It was quite surprising that he got substituted against Stoke, and yeah, I think I would, there's a there's a yeah. lot of people that are questioning why Robin van Persie is still um, being able to stay in this team when thinking maybe that is Falcao and Rooney's time to be playing up front. Yeah. Or what would you say to that? I think I will say on the on the Falcao point. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think he's really. I mean, his work ethic is, is fantastic. I think. I mean, for such you know, he's, obviously his skill and his pace and his goal scoring record speaks for itself. But what's really impressed me is his attitude and his demeanour and everything. He really goes for it, and he's really trying to force his way into form. And he started scoring goals, of course, as yeah. well recently, which always helps. But you know, he's obviously been hindered by injury before now. I've been surprised a couple of times when Van Hal has pulled him off. He must. Think the, the balance of the team isn't benefiting from Falcao or something. He obviously isn't doing it out of it for any vindictive reason. But yeah, I, but I think I think the signs look good on the Falcao front with Van Persie. Again, he's been more recently he was getting back on the the score sheet. I think Van Hal it comes down to the crunch. Really trusts him, even when he has a bad game. He thinks. If it's if it's Van Persie and Falcao, we're nil nil, and we need someone to nick us a goal in 15 minutes. One of them has to go off. It's, it's presently Falcao because he just has that little more trust in Van Persie as a marksman. I think. I mean, I think that's what it's to presently. Uh, and it's the it's the question I've asked you before, but I'll ask again in case anyone listening um, and you can follow us at United Redcast um, and give us your views on whether you think Falcao will be United player at the end of the season. Uh, mm. Do you, Robert? Well, I, you know, I don't like hedging my bets, but I have to say, I don't know. I'm really torn with this. I want him to stay, but I think it's 50-50 at the minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. because I, I think he's going to have say, to score I, mean, I know goals. it's annoying when, you, when you can't say one way or the other, but it'd be guessing otherwise. I really don't know. But I think he has to do more. I think he has to have more of a run in the team. needs to be more goals. If it was a version, if it was a repeat of what we've seen so far since he arrived till the end of the season, he'll be gone would be my guess. But I'm hoping he gets a run of games and continues to improve and therefore stays. Okay. What about, uh, let's talk about this other game we played, this little old FA Cup game. Yeah. Uh, Yeovil away. I mean, that's a real old school cup tie that was, wasn't it? And again, United under pressure in the first half, really, yeah. weren't we? Uh, backs to the wall. And I think there was a point, I think early in the second half, when they had a chance to score and they fluffed their mm. lines. Uh, but what a strike by Anders, Ander Herrera. Yeah, great, great strike. It, yeah, it was it was good to see him uh, get on the score sheet because he hasn't been known for his goals so far. I mean, I think I think he looks such an accomplished, intelligent player, great passer and reader of the game. 
So yeah, it was a lo- lovely goal. But they, and those, I wasn't that surprised. You know, to be, you know, we were struggling against Yeovil. They're, they're, they're tough. Yeah, matches those are. You've got you've got these fired up teams who normally are quite a settled unit playing week in week out. Normally against sort of you know Premiership opposition, sometimes the uh, the lineups a bit has been filled with a bit you know because they've slightly weakened side whatever. And I just I thought yeah it was I thought United weathered the storm and got through it and did a job. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't great, but I think I think it was okay. I think we, we were going to expect to have it be in a bit of a war, and we were. Yeah, and it's good to see Angle De Maria back, and you can see oh, the difference goodness, he makes, yeah. doesn't it? When, you know, just the out ball, like I said, as soon as we got the chance, he, he, he motored and he got that ball, and he took that chance. The one he missed against Arsenal a few weeks before, actually, it was uh, much more clinical this time. So yeah. a, a great result, really. Like you said, FA Cup is a real leveller. I mean, we've seen teams struggle. Every team's struggled, really, haven't they? Manchester City well, were in trouble. Liverpool, Liverpool struggled. And they could have lost know, that game. could have gone the other way. Exactly. And like, so now we've, got, uh, we've been awarded with another tie, a really interesting tie, a team that's over 80 places below us in the Football League, uh, Cambridge United. And that's on a Friday night kickoff, which is an unusual one for us. Yeah. Um, you, you would expect us to be able to go there and... and, and and win that game, but it will it'll be a it will be a tough one again, won't it? Yeah, it's great. I must admit, although it's not very sympathetic to the fans in the Friday night no. kickoff. I mean, the travelling fans. I mean, it's quite nice. I mean, I, as a kid, I remember Friday night football. I mean, it's quite it's great to have a game uh, on the, at the end of the week rather than the, rather than our usual Sunday or Monday yeah. slots. Um, and I think they'll um, obviously we, we expect them to go through. But it'll be another. I think it'll be a similar game to the over one again. Yeah. I think it will be backs to the wall at some time. Imagine being a Cambridge United player and then Manchester United are coming. Yeah, they'll be again. They'll be so fired up, and they often think they're often playing against you know young players who, by only slight margins, possibly missed out on play, you know, being in a Premiership club. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. there, there isn't like there isn't sometimes a huge gulf in in class that some people imagine in terms of some of the players who've made it into the United squad. Some of our younger players, it's are the likes of you know McNair. Are they really miles better than some of the Cambridge lads yeah. who, who are playing regularly for them? It, I think it'll be quite a, yeah. a tough uh, tough battle again. Well there, well, there is one Cambridge lad who did play for Manchester United, Luke Chadwick, if you remember oh, him. He yes. now plays oh, him, for yeah. um, Cambridge. That's his home team. His dream move, apparently, was going back to Cambridge. And so when that name came out, the pot Manchester United, he was over the moon. So he's oh, very much yeah, looking like forward him. to he's, that. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you, a quiz question for you and everyone oh. listening in uh, at home, in the car, on your way to and from work at United Red cast um it's an fa cup question mm-hmm. uh 25 years ago this week yeah a manchester united play player scored a goal in an fa cup game that some people say changed the course of our club's history who was that mark robbins so easy i gave you too much of a clue there mark robbins scored that goal against nottingham forest that a lot of people robbins, a lot of people yeah. said saved alex ferguson's career and went on to win the fa cup Cup Winners' Cup, and they never looked back from there. 25 years ago yeah, this week, I that was. I was at the, the kid, that FA Cup final against Palace. Yeah. The first, well, I was only at the, because we won on the replay, but I was at the first one, which I mm. believe ended up 3 all. Yeah, that's when uh, Ian Wright that's came on off the match. bench. I remember that, and Ian Wright and yeah. Mark Wright were that's both it. playing for Palace. Yeah, yeah. Ian, Ian Wright came off the bench, I think, and yeah, scored awesome. two goals. He was brilliant, yeah. So, and I do remember. I just remember sort of being quite low down, seeing sort of Brian Robson's crunching tackles from quite close up, and realizing that he was pretty politely no shrinking violet. No, twenty five years ago. What? How times? Wow, how times gone old. by? Exactly. Um, 
we'll we'll move on from that very quickly because I don't want to make you feel old as we've got into no, a new, no, as we've got into no, another new year. Peak, I see. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some transfer news first, and then we'll go into this gossip because obviously we're in silly season now. We've gone into the transfer window, the January winter transfer. But firstly, Michael Keane has joined Burnley. Uh, after a spell yeah. on loan, so that's a, a you know an under twenty one player that has had a few chances, especially under Alex Ferguson. But don't blame him for taking that opportunity. No. I don't see many uh, opportunities really for younger players at the moment getting an opportunity to play in the in the defence. So good luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no at the end of the day, there's there's not much room for sentiment. No, yeah, it, 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 it comes to sort of. The game and Manchester United generally, you know, they've, they're giving some, they're giving the likes of McNair and Blackie to go presently, and it's it's great if some of the local lads can come through. But as we've seen recently, more and more so, Manchester United are turning into what all the other big global clubs are. They're buying in big yeah. talent I mean, for big money. I mean, now you'll be there some people who don't think that's you know, very romantic. They'd rather see you know, more homegrown players coming through, but that is the pragmatic reality of where Manchester United are. So yeah, and it's a necessity. Like Tyler, Tyler Blackett and Paddy player. McNair and Reese James, they wouldn't have had their opportunities if we had a solid back line. No, uh, exactly. And, yeah. and listen, we're, we're not in a position to be winning a league or challenging to win it. We're not in the position we were before where you can blood young, uh, young new players. I don't think you, it's good to put new players or young under 21s, 18 year olds into a, into a team that's not performing particularly well because you see what can happen. So yeah. good, good for him. There always will be. And we know there always will be young players who will surprise us and come through and become stars. Of course there will be. But the vast majority, you know, in, in the youth ranks of United now will not make it. No. In terms of the, the Manchester United team, that's just a fact. Um, but yeah, but there will be the, there will be exceptions to the rule. Thank goodness, yeah. which which is good. So, yeah. and everyone, I think we just get too misty-eyed about it all with because of the, the generation, sort of my generation of players that sort of you know that well, I played for. I mean, the age group, yeah, you know, the gigs and the Beckhams yeah, and all that lot. Well, but that was very rare. We had that four or five group of players all came through at the same time. That, that had not happened for you know thirty odd years. Yeah. People, the idea there was this this magical conveyor belt of all these Manchester boys coming through and play for United. It's, it's a fallacy, really. Yeah. So it's happened a couple of times. Of course, it has. It's very difficult to break into a team like Manchester United yeah. without turning it into a youth team podcast. Um, yeah. I think Brian McClare, who is the head of uh, the youth development at the yeah. club, has said it's not about. It's not about de- developing players that can get and pl- and be in the first team full on. That would be great if it happens, but it's about developing young men, uh, yeah, young boys to be uh, young men and be able to go out and be, be professional footballers wherever that may be in their careers. And you have to say that if you do you go to that under-21s and you perform well, you will get a career out of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. What a fantastic training yeah, ground to absolutely. have, you know, to be there, to, you know, to to sort of have the edges knocked off you to be training with Manchester United must be an amazing experience. And as you say, the vast majority of them will go on yeah. and have relatively lucrative careers somewhere. Okay, so transfer. Sorry for them. Yeah, well, I don't feel sorry for them because they normally come back and score a goal against us or something anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, right, let's cool. talk about this transfer gossip. Um, mm. Goodness me. This is the first podcast of the year and the yeah. transfer window doesn't close until the end of January. So we'll be talking about this a bit more as well. Um, it's the same old, same old that we've been talking about for a while. So let's just go on. 26-year-old Mats Hummels. Apparently, Manchester United are pushing extremely hard to try to get Mats Hummel in the January transfer window. Robert, 
is Max Hummel going to come to Manchester United in January or is he going to come to us in summer or is he not at all? Right, well, pure guesswork on my part. I wouldn't expect him to come in January. I think we'd have a better chance of getting him in the summer. I think just because Borussia Dortmund are historically a difficult club to prize players from. So that, that would be my guess. But I would uh, welcome him with open arms if we could get him in January because he's exactly the sort of player, the sort of calibre we, we require in that position presently. Yeah. Well, Kevin Stroopman, who we've also mentioned on the Redcast a number of times, has, uh, has actually come out of a statement and said he signed a five-year deal with Roma and he's only been at the club a few months uh, and he looks to want to, you know, fulfil his contract. Oh, that's just something that a player should say when they take oh, yeah, the company speak, yeah. line, they should. Is that a player that you feel will come? I've heard rumours, and these are just rumours, that he has shaken hands with Louis van Gaal over a move to come to Manchester United. Is that a January or is that a summer signing, if at all? Again, you see, I'm, I'm, I just, I'd love it to be a January. Yeah. But again, I think it's more as further down the line. I do think we're going to get him. You do. But I don't think we're going to get him in, in January. Yeah. That'd be my, you know, well, I'd love to be wrong, but um, that was, but, but it, I just, it just, it's one of those, we've just been linked with him for a long time. This makes so much sense on so many levels. Yeah. So, you also yeah. have to remember, he's been injured for a long time, so we're going to be, ta- we'll be yeah. taking a player on that's still not fully fit. So, yeah. you know, what's I the point of that? I like, I mean, I like the idea maybe in, in the medium, so I do think, and I, but when we get talk about what United are, are lacking presently in terms of the balance, yeah. I think this is the style we play now. I, I really do think we need two really you know, savvy midfielders who are quite defensive-minded as well, just to let our butterflies fly around, though, if you know what I mean. And I just, I just can imagine if we could get like a, a combination of a Strootman and a Blint next to each other mm. as, uh, you know, as our, sort of our two sort of you know, combatives or central midfielders and have all those wonderful players like Di Maria the Roonies, you know, the Van Persies are, you know, ahead of that. I think you'd, you'd have a Falcao. You'd have a very exciting team. Yeah. But it was more of a foundation there, if you know what I mean. I, yeah. I think Struten really is a missing piece of the jigsaw. Okay, more transfer gossip. Seamus Coleman from mm. Everton. That's been, been He's good player, a lot of he? stuff in the press about that. Not so much uh, recently, but um, he, he, he could be a United player, couldn't he? He could be. He could be, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, that, that's certainly one to, to look out for. We've just got, with that particular club, we, I'm not sure what the relationship is presently. Yeah. It might be difficult to nick another of their players, I don't know. But uh, yeah, certainly, that's certainly one to... But again, do you think that's really something for, would that really be happening in January? That yeah, looks more like a... That's the problem. I, I can't see any of these. And I've, I've also, I've got some gossip from TalkSport in mm-hmm. the UK. Morgan Schneiderlin, another midfielder. Um, Winston Reid centre back from West Ham I think they're really grasping at straws with that I think yeah, also why West Ham at the, you know, the time when they're doing so well are they going to start tearing their team apart and uh, a player from Dortmund you've already mentioned that it's difficult to prize players from yeah. Dortmund unless you're Bayern Munich um, <laughs> Il- Ilke Godungan um, oh yeah uh, that's been mentioned in the press recently uh, again I, I'm not really I know he's a midfielder but is he... I don't. I don't know. I must admit, I'm a bit in the dark about that as well. I don't, I don't really know that much about the. Yeah, Louis van Gaal um, says Robert that he likes a player that's versatile. That's why he likes Rooney because yeah, he can play in yeah. lots of different positions, and he likes to get players in that can play a number of different positions. Well, or Blint uh, is Blint is like yeah, perfect. That's van why he likes player, Blint. isn't he? Because he can play literally, he can play wing back, 
central midfield, even centre back. You know, saying so, he does like that. That's why he likes moving Rooney around as well. I think you know Rooney is pretty versatile. That's probably which will, I think will help Rooney maybe even prolong his career a bit in terms of uh, in Van Hal's eyes. As we're talking about silly season with transfer gossip, let me ask you a question. And you listening at and you can answer me at United Redcast. Uh, we're talking about David De Gea earlier, uh, possible move to Real Madrid. And they definitely want him, and it will be a, a world record fee for a goalkeeper, uh, which is held by Buffon at the moment. Uh, what if they were to offer Gareth Bale with money for De Gea? Would you take Gareth Bale? Right now, we, we have Di Maria, and I would I would keep De Gea, and I think I because I think and and. And, and persevere with Di Maria I think he's really an absolute star for us that would be yeah if it was a straight choice I'd, I'd love Gareth Bale as a player but I, my, my, my gut would be right now that we've got you know after messing around a bit you know with goalkeepers to get uh, finally De Gea's found you know, his form this last couple of years now being regarded as the best goalkeeper in the world why would we want to abandon that you know having you know, having putting, putting ourselves in difficulty in that position why do it I would uh, stick with De Gea and stick with Di Maria, Di Maria. Yeah. Um, let's just talk more finally about transfers. I mean, mm. we've talked about a lot of these players that we think they could come to United, they may not, but it's not going to be in the January transfer window. Is there anyone that's going to come to us in the January tr- transfer I window, or do you think that we won't sign anyone? My guess is that we will, but I, I, I also think recent history suggests it might somewhat they, it might be something quite audacious that we'll be surprised by just the way the club is operating presently. I mean I was going through earlier just looking at some lists of all the players we're linked with and as you say, it's not you know, it's not talking about forty odd players. Yeah. It's like half the Borussia Dortmund team, half of Real Madrid. Yeah, we just get linked and on and anyone who plays for Holland. So yeah. it, it's it's sometimes it is difficult to sort of work out what what's really true because because of the position the club is in at the moment. We are being linked with everyone, so I think it's going to be saying a bit more out the blue and saying that could surprise us. Maybe it'll be a stunning return for a former captain. Oh dearie me, Vidic, um, that's being yeah, spoken about. Imagine. That rumor hasn't gone away. No, it hasn't gone away. I don't know about that one. But no, if you I... if you have any uh, if you have any gossip for us. Don't forget to tweet us at United Redcast if you see Matt Hummels and Kevin Stroatman get off the into yeah. Manchester Airport. If you see Seamus Coleman in Louis Louis Van Hal's car, we all want to know what we want to know. These are we want to know any of your little secrets you have, any little info. If you're in a in a Wings Chinese restaurant, airport, is that what you want me to do? Just yeah. sit there I want you to go, my, uh, Robert. This phone. is your journalistic. This is what yeah. I'm giving you your your job uh, first. Redcast journalist job of the year. Go to Wings Chinese restaurant in Manchester. Yeah, I will. I'll just hang around. I don't yeah. know because the Redcast will cover the expenses. Yeah, of course, of course. Well. We'll, we'll cover the expenses. You go in the light, corner. You have some. You have some dim sum and maybe a one. <laughs> <laughs> one dumpling and, and and some tap water. We'll cover that, and you see who comes in with Louis Van Gaal. We'll, yeah. We might get an exclusive. I, I must admit, I, I used to when I used to at the Manchester News. I knew a photographer whose job was to follow around Manchester United players, and he used to hang around at the airport. Well, he didn't follow. He, he didn't follow Ryan Giggs very he well, did he? Otherwise, he would have made. Roy f- Keane had to come back from the World Cup yeah. when he walked out of Republic of Ireland. He used to walk that Labrador, if you remember. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I think it's tricks. So walking down a country lane in Cheshire, my friend unfortunately trod on Tricks's foot. Poor. And uh, he didn't get beaten up. Feared for his life as uh, Roy advanced towards him in a 
somewhat menacing fashion. Well, like I was just trying to say, if he had really just followed Ryan Giggs into town when, with his um, with his brother's wife, he would have made himself a fortune. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- moving on, moving on. We've got a game this weekend. We're back oh, yeah. to the Premiership. Um, and we have to play Southampton at home. Now, we all know what happened when we played there recently. I mean, we were shambolic, weren't we? Mm. But we got a win. Unbelievably, we got a win. Um, we need to play better than that. We've had injuries, haven't we? Luke Shaw injured again. That's a real concern. Um, I don't know what the reason is behind that. Uh, we've had Raphael, who's injured, but has declared himself that he's going to not fit, but that he's going to be back in training this weekend. I don't know where we are with uh, any of our injuries. Hopefully, Di Maria might start. Um, it's a tough tough game this isn't it and we need to win it because Southampton have again gone back into the top four haven't they after, oh, after, really t- it will yeah. be a tough game I expect it to be pretty tight if we could get the win it'd be fantastic because it starts to put a bit of you know, water between us and that group behind us yeah. if you know what I mean yeah. it'd be, it'd be a, it's fantastic if we get the three points but I think it's gonna, it'd be a really tough battle again because you say we're not functioning all that well so Hampson have come into form again felt robbed quite understandably I think yeah. and we, we beat them just recently so a really really tight game I think yeah, I'm I'm concerned about this as well, but I'm concerned about the the draws. But at home, we seem to be performing better. Um, mm. I think we need to have more width. We 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 didn't play with any hardly any width at all recently, and hopefully with yeah, Di Maria United, back. Yeah, when we've been doing well, sort of in, yeah, in better rather in the table it, with our away performances historically, we've been a famous counter-attacking side, haven't we? Yeah. There's been quite a lot of width in the team, as you say, and that's how we sort of hit teams on the break, particularly when away from home. And, and done near maximum damage. And maybe we look a lot more ponderous at the minute yeah. because we, we, we do lack that killer pace. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for us to turn a corner. So I'm going to put you on the spot because you've already kind of alluded to the fact that you think it could possibly be a draw. But uh, what um, what does your head tell you? And what does I'm your like Manchester United heart? I'm going to 1-0 to Manchester United. Okay, okay. well, 1-0. Well, tell me who's going to score that goal. I'm going to say Robin Van Persie. Okay, good man. Well, I'll, I'll give you mine as well. I think it's yeah. going to be 2-1. Yeah. I think it's going to be 2-1 to Manchester United. I think Southampton will score first. And I think Wayne Rooney and Juan Mata will score the oh. goals. There well, you go. Mata's always a good bet for a goal, isn't he? Yeah, he's been playing for pretty well, hasn't he? Considering yeah, he has, And he, he seems has. to be the full guy as well, the one that has to come off or not come yeah. off. When he came on against Yeovil, I think he kind of changed the game a bit as well. So Actually, he played funny, pretty well. And Van Hol clearly isn't altogether convinced by him still no, because actually, he's not I think Manchester United fans are quite different I think everyone no. likes him as a bloke yeah likes his attitude on the field but he he still he still looks like a bloke could be could be surplus to requirements yeah. bizarrely and he's done nothing wrong it's no. strange isn't it but it's, he diff- it's, it's a great player that doesn't fit into a system like a Van Gaal yeah, loves his versatility is, yeah. doesn't he but uh, you know if he was a, if he was a, f- a few uh, you know a few inches taller and a bit more more physical, then it would be different. But, uh, yeah. you know, I really like Ander Herrera. I think he could I be a do, great player. I mean, I actually probably... Herrera on the ball, I like even more than Matterley. Herrera yeah. is fantastic. And he's but got tackling in as well. And it, goals, yes. isn't he? He's got yeah. the more so far. He's proved to be more, you know, useful in that department. Mm. So. But maybe Herrera, maybe that might be the start. You know, what happened at the weekend, maybe that's the start of more goals coming from him, which Let's he certainly so. needs Let's to add so. to his game. Okay, so me, myself and Robert, we go for a win. The first podcast of the year, the first win of the year, we hope, or the first win when we're doing the podcast, obviously. So it only leaves me to say my name is David Collins. Thank you all for joining us. Don't forget you can follow us at United Redcast. And also, we have a brand new shiny app. You just go and download it. 
and you can get my tunes and you can listen to our dulcet tones moaning, crying, screaming and laughing about United all the time. Only leads me to say thank you very much, Robert, for joining us and obviously I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Okay, take care. And all leads for me to say it's not over to the fat fallback sings. Come on, United. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.